They're filing into this beautiful stadium in Detroit, Ford Field, and the Lions being introduced here, continuing this Thanksgiving tradition that began in the Motor City back in 1934. Dave Williams to the 30. Touchdown, Chicago. They win it on the kickoff after overtime. Look out, he fumbled. This will be the first fumble lost by a Lion running back in the Mariucci era. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. Happy Thanksgiving, partner. What a day. They gave us a great game. Eric Woodyard, you're not just our Detroit Lions reporter, but you're also from Michigan. And our listeners were just treated to a bit of a montage of the Lions' Thanksgiving ineptitude over the years. So please tell me, in your time walking this beautiful green earth, when was the last time the Lions were relevant on Turkey Day? I mean, for me, I feel like it's relevant every year because I'm from Michigan. You know, I, I remember, you know, being a child just growing up and watching those games, particularly in the 90s with Barry Sanders, and it always just be the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. So my perspective from the national perspective is probably different because I think we just always expect Detroit to be playing on Thanksgiving. Okay, so you're a Flintstone from my understanding, but it feels like finally the Lions are not going to ruin your appetite ahead of the meal. These are not your dad's Lions. These aren't even your grandfather's Lions. Tell me a little bit about how they've done on this day, the team specifically. Definitely a losing record, more 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 losses than wins, definitely. <laughs> but I think it's just a tradition. It's been around so long in NFL history that you you know it's one of those things that you're always on. I had a chance to speak to Amara St. Brown about this. And he was saying even growing up in California, he just always assumed when the Lions was on TV they were gonna lose. So I think we all kind of adopted that attitude a little bit. But I will say this, man, my favorite one was probably in 1997 seeing Barry Sanders and him going off for three touchdowns against the Bears. 34-20, the Lions lead it here, Sanders again. Sanders will score his third of the day. He is absolutely amazing. And I just remember being at home, my mama cooking chitlins and, you know, cooking turkey and dressing and, you know, macaroni and cheese and all my favorite meals and just seeing the greatest of all time running back-wise, Barry Sanders, going off for three touchdowns. It kind of went away when Barry retired a little bit, but, you know, it's just always one of those things. Nineteen ninety-seven, they beat the Bears fifty-five to twenty. I'm sure John Madden was handing out turkey legs of many numbers. Did I hear you say chitlins? Chitlins, number one. That's what I love. I gotta have chitlins. Y'all got chitlins at your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, we got to. That's a must. Wow. A funny story too. I had a when I covered the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I was around Giannis Antetokounmpo. We covered them around like the day before Thanksgiving or something like that. And I told him, I said, you got to go get you some chitlins. He was dying a lot. He didn't know what it was. And I had to explain to these athletes what chitlins is. We got to get them once a year, man. It's a, it's a must in the black community. Chitlins for him, for us in our household, it's the walking around him. <laughs> it's that time of year, America. It's time to grab a plate and have a seat for Thanksgiving dinner. And while we may not have the same foods on our table, there's one dish we all get to dive into, and that's the Detroit Lions playing on Thanksgiving Day. If you're a Lions fan, most of those Thanksgiving games this century have sat in your stomach like leftovers gone bad. But a quick look at the standing show 
It's a new day in Motown. So today, Eric Woodyard, our Michigan native and Lions insider, shares his experience growing up around this tradition, tells us what's next for this team, and what you can expect if you stop to eat by Mama Woodyard's house. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Wednesday, November 22nd. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious, meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Eric, we see the Lions every Thanksgiving, but what makes this such a tradition in the NFL historically? Man, it all started on Thanksgiving Day in 1934 when the owner, George A. Richards, decided to play on the holiday to attract more fans. When you think of Thanksgiving, you think of football, turkey, family, and the Detroit Lions. See, no other team in professional sports can claim to be as much as part of an American holiday as the Detroit Lions when it comes to Thanksgiving football. So the Lions at the time, they weren't attracting much of a crowd because the Tigers were the city's main attraction. But on that Thanksgiving, the Lions not only sold out the stadium, they also had to turn people away at the gates. They didn't play from 1939 to 1944. But Detroit has played on Thanksgiving every year since 1945. In the beginning, the Lions routinely won <laughs> most of their Thanksgiving games. That's not been the case this century, though, as the Lions were 6-16 six and 16 on Thanksgiving Day dating back to 2000. Their last Thanksgiving victory was in 2016. I just got to say, the Thanksgiving Day Lions bit is probably the single best marketing tool that they have, even though they're not a very good franchise. If you ask any person one thing they know about the Detroit Lions, it's that they play on Thanksgiving. You said you're from Flint. Detroit is where they play the game. Just what does it mean to the city sort of on the ground outside of the results of the game to have this contest every year? Definitely. You know, I talked to some of the fans. They already setting up the tailgates at 9 a.m. that morning. They cook about four turkeys. They each sign up to bring a dish. The dishes have crazy names, you know, like bear stew, mac and not packer cheese. Uh, Megan Stefanski is a, a woman who I've been around. She's a lifelong Lions fan, season ticket holder. She comes all the way four hours away in a little bitty city called Goatsfield, Michigan. It's in the Upper Peninsula. She drives all the way to Detroit. It's a guy named Mark Pilgrim Mullins. He's been a sick teasing ticket holder since 1991. He comes dressed up as a pilgrim every year 
for Thanksgiving Day with his daughter, Mandy, and everybody going from there. And they kind of just going to the game. It's just a level of intensity. It's a swagger. It's something about the city on Thanksgiving. It just it just feels like football. You know, this time of the year feels like Detroit Lions football. And it's been that way my entire life. This matchup on Thursday, when the Lions face off against the Packers, it's all going to feel a little different because, as we mentioned, the Lions are not only in it for a change in terms of the division, but they are thriving eight and two first place. That's different. And so I want to get into what's changed at Ford Field now. The place I want to start is where most of us were introduced to Dan Campbell, his opening press conference when he promised a new day. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here and the city's been, been down and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Yeah, that was a lot. I remember the reaction to it at the time. But looking back, it's hard to deny that he changed the air in the organization. So how do you explain that difference? He came in with a team-first attitude. Famously, on the first day of training camp, he would do burpees with the team. He created an atmosphere throughout the team that even staff members would join in with the players and coaches. But one more thing to note is his eye for talent. And one of the people he kept from Matt Patricia's staff is someone he's worked with on the Dolphins, current offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. You know, we've talked about Ben Johnson a lot, and I do want to get into him, but I want to get back to Dan Campbell. I think that there's a lot of people that still look at him as not exactly a carnival barker or a joke, but they can't get that kneecaps thing out of their mind. You've been around this team for a little bit for a while. How have you seen his reputation change amongst other people in the league, not just amongst folks in Detroit? I think amongst other people in the league is where it changed because us, we always thought he was a genuine guy. You know, I saw him after one game, uh, he had done a press conference. They had a win. He was chilling back in outside the locker room eating on a Coney dog. You know, just a super normal, you know, guy that's just around every day. You know, and I think he's been like that from day one. I don't think it's an act. Uh, and I was telling people that all along, even when they thought he was a joke or they thought he was a meathead. Or, I'm like, nah, this guy gives that persona, but he's definitely a football guy who knows what he's doing. So it's been kind of fun to see his reputation change, but I don't think it's really changed at all for people that's been around him every day. You mentioned offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. He's been getting a lot of attention this season at that position. Why is that? I mean, Dan Campbell describes him as a chess player who can quickly identify positive and negative decisions in real time. Also, it's about the trust with players and not just decision-making. Jared Goff, whose career has been revived under Johnson, credits his overall listening ability as his biggest strength. You know, Goff also mentioned to me how Johnson doesn't mind implementing suggestions from players during the game like when a lineman asked for a certain run that they hadn't practiced in a while. Johnson trusted his opinion during the game and they were able to pull it off. So things like that, man, just from day one, you know, giving that opinion and giving guys feedback and also just being able to relate and understand. Guys just say he gets it. Was there one particular play where you thought, oh, 
My man's just for real. I would probably say when he found Panay Sewell for that game-winning catch, I don't know if you remember that. Last year, he lined Panay Sewell, the offensive lineman, up as a receiver. And Two minutes remaining. Goff throws. Wow. Panay Sewell, the right tackle, makes the catch and picks up the Lions' first Are down. Are you kidding me? Oh, man, Ben Johnson, hats off to you, brother. Hats off. I think it caught everybody by surprise. Everybody was just cheering loudly. You hear the fans roaring. Everybody's so accustomed to the Lions losing those type of games. And I think that's what makes those guys different. That's what makes this coaching staff and Ben Johnson so different because they're, they're willing to take those trick plays, willing to try new things. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where you're expecting the Lions to blow it and they didn't. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a trick play, but they lined up in a formation where you thought the ball can't be going there. Definitely went there. I thought at that point, I was like, oh, this dude. Thinking outside of the box. You love to see it. Also, it's the players. You have Amon Ross St. Brown, Jared Goff, Alex Anzalone, Aiden Hutchinson. They're either coming into their own, or in Goff's case, a guy who played in a Super Bowl, lest we forget, resurrecting their careers. Can you tell us about what your time with them shows in terms of how this whole new Lions experiment is going as far as their progress is concerned? I have to get credit to the general manager, Brian Holmes, to even bring in these type of talent, to bring in these type of players. You have Amon Ra, who's a emerged as the number one receiver, averaging 99.8 yards per game. You got Jared Goff, who everybody said his career was over with in L.A. He comes to Detroit in year three. You know, he has a 96.1 QBR this season, coming off a Pro Bowl year. You got Alex Anzalone. Guys might not think of him as a household name. 81 tackles through 10 games. And obviously the number two pick, Aiden Hudson, five and a half sacks through 10 games. And I think it's the overall culture. These guys are coming in. They're coming in with grit. Not only is this something that Dan Campbell was kind of speaking about, these guys have really embodied that and kind of given that whole different mentality that, hey, we're not the same on lines. We're trying to change this around. So I think the experiment is ahead of schedule, not just on track. Honestly, nobody thought the Lions would have this type of success so early under the Dan Campbell era. The Lions beat the Packers late last year. The Lions beat the Packers earlier this year. The game coming up on Thursday in terms of that mini trend within division also different than usual. What have they figured out against that squad in particular that's allowed them to get a little momentum? I think it's just a whole nother mentality. They're not looking at the mystique of the Green Bay Packers no more. It's not. It's no longer that. We're looking at like we're the brand new Lions. And not only are we not afraid, we're showing that we're beating you guys on a primetime stage. So if you remember last year, although they didn't make the playoffs with that victory, it was still a, it was like a, Culture shift, hey, the new guys are in town. They sent Aaron Rodgers packing with his bags into the sunset to to the New York Jets. And I think it was just a whole culture building win. I think moving forward from that, you'll probably see the Lions dominate the division going forward. Coming up, we dive into the mood in Motor City on Turkey Day with a little help from an old school hip hop legend. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything 
or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. I asked you before when we started the show about when the last time you could remember the Lions being relevant on Thanksgiving was. But, you know, as you spend time with your friends and your family, what about this game? In terms of the Packers, on Thursday, what's the mood? Honestly, I would say the mood is something like nothing I've ever experienced. I've never saw a Lions team with this much exposure this much hype, this much energy. I think the expectations are so high. Even the last game, when they just played the Bears last week, fans were booing Jared Goff at one point because they thought he would come out and, and, and be a lot better and this team would come out and blow out the Bears. And I think that just shows you that expectations are higher than they've ever been in Detroit. They're not expecting to come out and just halfway beat the Bears. They're expecting to come in and blow them out. And fans are letting them know about that. So I would say the mood is like it's never been. It's a fever pitch. Guys are just ready to explode here. They want some success and, you know, they're cheering them on in a way that nobody's ever seen here in Detroit. So I can't even describe the move. It's something that's never been here. The excitement, the hype, the energy is just unreal. Earlier this season, you went to something that was long overdue. Of course, the unveiling of a Barry Sanders statue at Ford Field. In light of all the expectations being met this season on the field, what was that ceremony like for longtime Lions fans like yourself? It was, it was long overdue. I will say that long overdue. Barry's the first athlete, you know, that we can really relate to to get his statue up. You know, Isaiah Thomas don't have one. Grant Hill was a star in my era. I'm not sure if he's deserving of one. But Barry Sanders, by far, should have been a, had a statue. You know, they've done it before the home opener. And I think for me, I always go across when I travel to different arenas, and I like to see what statues are out. I went to Atlanta once. I seen Dominique Wilkins had one. Obviously, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. You go outside the crypto arena. They got Shaq out there. They got so many statues all over. And to see Barry Sanders get his and get his flowers while he's still around and for them to do it the way they did. And in so much detail, it was just fun, man. I think everybody in this organization and around the city can agree that, man, he should have been had that statue. Of course, some of us are lucky enough to be able to cover teams that we rooted for. Separating the two is pretty easy professionally if you're smart, which Eric is. But I got to ask you, did you take a picture with the statue that day as a fan? No, I didn't, I didn't get a picture with the statue at all, but I did get an opportunity to meet. Flavor Flav there, which was absolutely crazy, man. I mean, anybody that watched Flav, you know that's Flav. Crazy. I just like saying that. Sorry, I had to get that off. <laughs> yes. What was it like meeting Flav? He was at the Villa. He was, it was, it was great. He had the clock on. He was everything that, you know, you imagine. Flav is a legend, man. So it was just kind of crazy to see him out there in Detroit because it was totally unexpected and random. For those listening who don't know who Flavor Flav is, He's a very famous rapper from Public Enemy in the 80s and 90s. He transitioned his career into a reality star later, so most people know him more from VH1 than they do anything having to do about music. I mean, it had to be a little crazy, though, to see him there just 
showing love. Yeah, instantly, man. I want to know why he was there. I mean, that's the journalist in me. I got to know why he's there. So I walked right up to Flay, told him I worked for ESPN. I had to get the interview. Yo, it was a very big special moment to me, man. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a big fan of Barry Sanders, man. You know, since I was young, you know what I'm saying? And he paved the way for a whole bunch of running, running backs right now out here. You know what I'm saying? In the game. He... Barry is the man. I don't care what nobody said. That's why I'm here. All right, so we know you're going to be speeding over to your mama's house to get your Thanksgiving plate after the game, but I need to know, what is the food setup like for the media folks at the facility? I'm not sure what they had with the media meal this year. I know they got a lot of things planned around the stadium, but in the past, you know, we've had turkey, we've had stuffing. I'm used to dressing, but they got stuff in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, they do have the cranberry uh, sauce. They had a lot of different traditional Thanksgiving uh, dishes. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to have for the media, but I know they got a big thing set up for a lot of the fans in around four fields. So I'm going to be interested to see. Hopefully they got something good for us. Meal talk aside, the Lions are currently eight and two, and it does not seem like there's a runaway favorite squad in the NFL this season. That being said, what do you think the ceiling is for Dan Campbell's team? I think the sky's the limit, honestly. I know this sounds cliche, but I think I could see this team getting to the playoffs, getting bounced in the playoffs, or I could see this team getting hot and going to the Super Bowl. I think it's all about how they're peaking by the end of the season. I think they're going in a positive direction. This team is this team is playing that good right now. Our other friend Kevin Clark pointed out earlier in the season that you got to win at least three games in a row to get to the Super Bowl. The Lions, one of the few teams this year that have done that twice. So, yeah, they got a pretty good shot. Thank you, Eric. Tell your mama to save me a plate. I got you. I got you. She got you. Everybody, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have fun. Be safe. One quick programming note. Much like many of you, after today, our team here will be off enjoying the holiday. We'll return Monday to revisit one of our favorite stories of the year so far. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bruce Baldwin. Bradford Craig, Andrew Hahn, Alexander Hyacinth, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, and Andres Soto. Special thanks to Jackson Nigello. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll talk to you Monday.